What's up, everybody? How's it going? I have a great show planned for you, but first I want to take a minute to address kind of where we're at and where we're going. You know, as I've mentioned, this is not a career for me. This has kind of become therapy. Um, the feeling of satisfaction that and relief after every episode is worth way more than pissing a few people off. A bunch of Muppets running my old club and the members like sheep take it. I'm sorry. I'm not that dude. They didn't like the truth, so I left. Um, now I have my platform and I got the listeners and I'm, I'm, there's going to be nights where there's going to be a rant here or there. Um, it won't make the podcast. It'll be more of a angry golfer type sideshow. Um, you know, I just kind of hope that some of the members open their eyes and listen and see how bad the, um, the leadership at that club is kind of pulling the wool over their eyes, but you know, that's not what this place is for. This place is all about having a good time and, and, and talking um, about golf and with my buddies and, and having some fun. So um, we've got a great show for you today. Back to the podcast. You know, I've got my sl- swag back. You know, I'm me for the first time in years. Um, I- I'm not going to stop doing this unless, you know, I kind of run out of time and money. If I offend a few people oh well you offended me first so um now it's on to the show i got sean riley and um supposedly i've talked to him this morning i know he's he's a little older and sometimes the technology kind of gets a little tricky for these guys so i'm not sure if he's coming on or planning on calling in or what the situation is but i've got sean riley from inside the park and Red Sox legend, um, one of the heroes you don't hear much about. You know, 1975, they played the World Series. We all see the home run that Fisk hit where he's waving to keep the ball fair. But what we don't see is the three-run homer that Bernie Carbo hit in the eighth when they were trailing 4-1 to tie the game and send it to extras. You know, um, certain people come into your life, and I know he's not a golfer, but the story that he told me when I asked if he is a golfer uh, kind of tells why he's going to be on the podcast today. It's a story about life. You know, he's had his mental health struggles. He had his struggles with addiction. Um, he's now doing a fantasy camp and he wanted to come on and promote it. So I said, absolutely. And I got a little nervous when he said, I'm not a golfer, but once he went on a 45 minute rant about life and his struggles, and I knew he was a guy that I wanted to talk to. So joining us today, um, we'll get into golf a little bit until he comes on, but I've got Sean Riley from inside the park. Um, what's up, bud? How's it going? What's up, Johnny? How you doing, bud? Thanks for having me. Ah, thanks for being here. Hopefully Bernie come on a little bit. Um, we'll talk some baseball as well as golf, but until he comes on, how's the game? It's good, man. You know, um, I've re- I've really made it a priority this year to to make sure I get out and hit some golf balls. Um, you know, being being a scratch golfer in the past, and now you know the family life and having kids and and a wife and you know things like that. You don't have you know you don't have the time that you that you had before. You know, I used to play 150 rounds of golf a year. Um, now I'm I'm down to 10 and honestly there's nothing better than you know hitting golf balls with my son or playing with my son um yeah. so for me that's what it's all about 
Yeah, that's, I mean, obviously you start to see that with all my buddies. Unfortunately, um, obviously I don't have kids, but you start seeing the excuse of family time. You know, you get to go to the golf course and it becomes family time and that's awesome, you know. Um, yeah, I, you go through the same struggles I go through, obviously, with, um, you know, being a, a better player than you are now. You know, I can still keep it around par. My short game, I think you probably hit it a little better than I did, but my short game was probably a little better than yours. So I yep, think my scores are probably, you know, more to what we're used to than yours are when we're struggling. But yep. still, it's it's frustrating. You, you know, you, you have those shots that you know you can pull off that you probably shouldn't try, but um, you just think you're the player that you used to be. You know, we still talk about some of the flop shots that I used to hit and some of the short game stuff that we used to do. But, you know, when I was in college, it was you go to dinner and then you go down to the back and, and you go to the putting green and you just chip and putt for hours until it gets dark. And that's all it is yep. to kill time. You know, I was, I was at college to play golf, you know? Um, yes. Obviously uh, school was there, but I mean, I, golf was life when I was 18 years old, you know, and there's no way around it. Um, yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about, I know you had, you, I've never fit you, but, um, uh, I know you went to Manchester lane to get fit. Tell me a little, yeah. little bit about your setup and what you're playing, what's in the bag. And, uh, is there anything you're looking to upgrade anything you're happy with, not happy with where are we at? Um, uh, I mean, I mean, on? honestly, it's, it's been such a long time since I got fit. And that was when I was, you know, playing a lot of golf. To be honest with you, I probably need to be fit again. Um, so my my woods are a little bit older. I believe they're the 17s. Um, and, I mean, it's just the, the way the ball comes off off the club still, for me, it's like I really don't need to, to get the newest and greatest thing. Um, but as far as um, the way it feels and, and the shaft and everything else, I think that's still up to par. Um, and then I went with the uh, the AP3s for the irons. Um, okay. Yeah, and they've been, they've been replaced by the T200. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's, so that's, that's just, what I'm that saying. That just goes like, to show how old Sean's setup is. Um, it's not that bad, but you know, the last two generations have been T100, T200. And I'm hearing in the rumor mill now that the T100S is going away. It's going to become the T150. So um, other than that, I don't know any details. Just it is what it is. So, all right, finish up. What else you got in the bag? Um, What are we playing? So I, I got. I know you're a Scotty guy, I think, right? Yeah, so I have a Scotty. Um, I think it's Newport, Newport 2.0. Um, and then I actually have, um, I carry five wedges. So I have, I have my, my stock pitching wedge, and then I have a 48 degree, a 52 degree, a 56 degree, and a 60. Um, I've just found that, you know, playing around here, I, I very rarely hit a four iron. Um, so I just took that out of the bag and threw in the extra wedge and it's, you know, once I did that, it, it really improved my game. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Especially, I know you play a lot of golf at um, Reservation, which is 56, 5,700 yards. So the the wedges are more important. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, I I make my setup to to fit multiple golf courses. You know, I I play all over, so it's tough. You know, a lot of members are kind of in the same boat as you where they play the same golf course all the time you know i again i'm not going to get into a rant about the conditions and things like that but the guys at my former club you know when i would fit them i would fit them on the low end of spin because it didn't take spin to stop the golf ball in the green so let's maximize that extra half a club and give up some spin we'll gain some left to right control you know it, it's all about um you and your setup and what fits for you. Everybody's different. There is no cookie cutter fit. Um, I guess, you know, one of the things that I'm struggling with, and I'm sure you're probably struggling with, um, is speed. You know, as you're not playing, when you're not hitting balls as much as often, um, your speed goes away. Your muscles go away. You you probably see this with baseball, you know, kids that, take the season off and come back, it takes a few weeks to kind of get back up to speed. And if you're not playing two, three, four rounds a day or um, beating balls, it, it your clubs cannot fit. You know, I'm in that struggle right now of I used to play X-Flex and now everything I touch feels a little too light and a little too soft, but it fits me. So I have to get used to it. Um, so we're, we're making a problem. Um, as I as you can see, I'm clicking. I hope I know Brian. That if some of you have noticed the last episode, um, I cut out for about 30 seconds. Later on in the episode, Brian started typing, and the clicking um, muffled my mic. I just sent Bernie a text. Hopefully, he gets it and he's trying to figure this out. Um, but again, we'll continue until he comes on. It's it's tough. Technology with these older guys can get a little tricky. And, you know, same thing with golf. You look at guys' bags, you know, the the seniors' bags and some of the stuff that they have in them, the nightmare of the, the ball retrievers. Uh, <laughs> pace of play night, nightmare, that is. Yeah. Um, so, Sean, I know we'll keep going until we'll, start, we'll, we'll keep talking golf until Bernie comes on. Um, I, I know you play a lot of tournaments or did play a lot of tournaments. Um, it's frustrating being a low handicapper. It's, it seems like, unfortunately, the golf pro has been minimized. His influence on clubs has been ignored, and high handicaps have kind of taken over golf, and amateurs have taken over golf tournaments, and they just don't know what they're doing, unfortunately. And I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean they're not trained, you know, um, you get superintendents setting up golf courses like at the U.S. Open for 20 handicaps, and then you get you know guys that are 20 handicaps shooting 75. I mean, it, it's frustrating. I know you rant about it. We all rant about it. I wanted to get into it yesterday a little bit with set, but we kind of got off track a little bit. What are your thoughts on tournament golf? I know obviously you're gonna have the single digit handicap perspective. Um. But again, most of the tournaments that we're going to play as amateurs are net tournaments. So it's, it, it's, you got to see both sides of it. What are your thoughts and how frustrating do you get when it comes to handicap? Um, I mean, you're spot on, Johnny. Uh, the big, 
it's actually funny that you say that because yesterday I saw a thing on Facebook um, and it said, you know, we di- we ran the numbers and the chances of a 10 handicap shooting a Pyre 72 is one out of every 186 years. And I just laughed at it and said, you know, that's funny because I see it at every tournament that I play in, you know, oh, best round of my life. Um, so it's, it is super frustrating. Um, I think the biggest thing is like uh, us growing up, you know, we, we challenged each other and it was like a pride thing, you know, we wanted to be as low as possible. And, you know, that's totally gone out the window with the handicap system and the way that these tournaments are run, you know, um, there's large amounts of money up for grabs and dude, I mean, (laughs) Like you're going to have people cheat the system. It's just, the, it's just the way it is. You know, you look at any golf tournament around here, that's a, that's a net tournament and the best golfer never wins. Like, how does that make sense? You know, that's it, the it's... frustrating part for me. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, we played me and you both played resi days last year. And then you get the superintendent doing dumb things with the pins and tucking them in corners. And he's like, Oh, well you, everybody else figured it out. Right, because they can hit it to the middle green and two putt four net three and shoot their 75 net 65. When we're going off at zero and we have to make birdies, you know, it's not fair to the rest of the field. And then they get that bullshit excuse that, you know, the prizing, whoa, it's a net tournament. That's why it's not the same prizes. Well, no, we don't have two chances to win two prizes. We have one. We have the gross prize and that's it because we're playing for fifth in net. You know, I I mean, at, at best. You know, yep. a couple of years ago, I'm not going to get into names, but the guy that won it was sitting there probably 10 p.m. after the tournament. You know, back then it was 64 teams, so the tournament finished in the afternoon. But he's sitting at the at the table with his trophy and his chest puffed out. And I'm like, dude, you shot 69, 72, 72, 75, and you're a 12 handicap. You had a four-shot lead a day on the field. Are you really proud right now? Is that like yep. do you take pride in winning that trophy? Now, okay laugh your way to the bank you know i'd say i mean obviously your handicap's crook so you take more pride in the win and the money than you the trophy like uh, be real i mean i'm not gonna call anybody up by name but there's four or five guys in our area that it's the same four or five guys all the time everybody's too nice again that's where this podcast came from it was just me you know you people think i don't bite my tongue i bite my tongue more than you'll ever know you know, when I lose my shit, it's because I lost my shit and I'm done arguing with you guys. Um, it, it's just basic day one stuff that now you guys talking about, oh, we're going to use your trend and we're going to use your lowest index, which is m- the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, too, because, you know, golf is it's a roller coaster. We all know that we all go up and down. Um, it, it's it's crazy. It, it's one of those things where if you have the same handicap for years, there's probably a reason for it. You know, your handicap should go like this. You know, you know, and I know there's days where I shoot 65. I still have days where you light it up and you, you feel like your old self. And that one score is going to hang out on your box for 20 scores. You know, your, your yep. handicap is your average average of your best eight. That means, you know, the two lowest and the two highest, they're probably abnormal. You know, they're, they're abnormalities that 
yeah, you know, it's exciting to shoot your lowest round, but am I a scratch golfer anymore because I shot 65 one day? No. You, you know, I'm the guy, I'm going to shoot 73 to 75 every time out, and, and that's, you know, that's who I am now. You know, the days I get the stick rolling and, and make a few birdies, the score is going to come down. Um, but it's it's frustrating. It's not who we used to be, and, and me, it's 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 – medical i mean you it's family and life me it's medical um the arthritis has been brutal this time of year is awful um i'm guessing bernie's not gonna come i i don't know i just spoke to him so i don't know what's going on you know, things happen it, it is what it is uh maybe me and you do this episode as golf and then we um yeah definitely man future. Yeah, absolutely it's, it's one of those things that's what's yeah that's what's good about not being live and being a podcast i know i hyped everybody up for bernie and i was excited to talk to him too but I'm not sure what's going on um so if he pops on great if not we'll make it a golf episode and then we'll uh we'll we'll get him on again at a later date um uh, while we do have a little bit of downtime i will take this opportunity to um type a few things you know i got some range nights uh scott from six seven golf is going to do one north of boston i'm planning on doing one at granite links the titleist rep was nice enough to give me some um leather valuable pouches with some some teas and some titleist stuff in there so we'll be up at granite links one night handing that stuff out um i got a ton of guests lined up uh i was excited for bernie today but this doesn't change what we have going forward you know uh, Jeremy from Fujikora Golf. We'll talk some shafts with him. My buddies, I, I don't even know who to name because there's probably 10 of them that'll come on from Footjoy. Um, I swear to God, I think Footjoy is basically Methodist North. Uh, Methodist <laughs> University, anybody that went, uh, is basically signed on to work for a, a Krishna company. And it seems like a lot of them have made the change to Footjoy. Um, who else do I have? I got some other guys coming. Um, some players, obviously, you guys have seen me following around along with Bryson Nimmer. Um, the web.com is doing their reshuffle right now. They start again coming back this week. And Bryson obviously is in the top 65 or something like that. So I'm sure he'll have full status going forward. So hopefully we'll get him on sometime. Definitely get Clance's caddy on sometime. Um, other than that, what do you got coming up, Sean? Any tournaments coming up? Anything you're playing? I know you sometimes play the taunt and four ball and things like that. Are you playing any of that? Uh, yeah, actually, um, taunt and four ball is – it's actually early this year. It's June June 17th and 18th, I think. Um, me and Jake are going to be playing – again this year um we won it two years ago and then the rule that they have is you're not allowed to come back uh with the same partner if you've won so last year i i took the year off with jake and we'll be back at it i know it's it's weird it's weird i called the nate davis another one that's an amateur that's an amateur getting involved the golf pro would never do anything like that that makes no sense at all um if anything it's the opposite you want the winners coming back i think i think the opportunity to defend it like it's absolutely but what was happening was nate won like four or five years in a row and i think people started complaining so he kind of put put the rule in place for himself yeah i mean that's fine but do it 
after five years or four years. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a row, you want to be. Yeah, I, I don't like that rule at all. Um, and again, I'm not the type that's just going to sit there and say, okay, rule. It's a terrible yep. rule. You want yep. the defenders to come back and have a chance. Now, if they want to change that rule after a few years, if the same team wins it three, four, five years in a row, okay. But every year, I mean, you want the defending champions Absolutely. to defend the championship. I mean, it's, it's it's kind of a pride playing in it the second year in a row, you know. Uh, I got some guys that play out of there. I know that's at what Parker and Seggy, right? Um, yeah, yep. So it'll be it'll be Parker first day, and then Seggy the second day. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, <clears throat> I know Seggy runs a great skins game um, in the afternoons and on the weekends. I'll probably start playing that. I'm finally starting to feel a little better. I bought a couple sleeves, my knees, and a, a brace for my ankle. I put it off as long as I possibly could. It's just the point now where I have to start wearing it if I'm going to play golf. So it feels better while I'm wearing it. It feels a lot worse when I take it off. You know, the swelling grows and stuff, but it's it's worth it to try to play some golf. Um, yeah, I talked to Adam Tempesta from Tempe's Tees quite a bit, and he's been he's a member at Seggy, and he's been talking about their skins game out there in the afternoon. He said it's great. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, you did you, you didn't play the state four ball, did you? I don't. Um, it, it's it's super early in the year, and with my work schedule, man, it's like it's almost impossible. Yeah. So, like, yeah. what I what I do is, you know, the week of the Masters is really the week that gets me hyped up for golf, and like, I'll start hitting some golf balls, go outside, you know, hit the range a little bit. Yeah, that again, it's everybody grow it's the adult life, you know. I was joking with the guys that actually won it. Um one of them I didn't even realize I had fit. He's a member at Old Sandwich and he got referred to me by the guys at Old Sandwich and then um the other one worked for me, Steve Tasho, who's I mean, you guys know statewide he's um Royal, I mean, the family's royalty, you know, his father, his yep. uncles, it's, it's one of those, it's, you hear that name all the time. So it was cool to have those guys on. Um, but I'm like you, you know, a lot of times coming back from Florida as an assistant, you know, the game wasn't ready to go this early in the year or my medical, you know, I, this is the toughest time of year for my arthritis. I would love to play the state four ball, um, especially this year. Hyena sports, one of my favorites. But it just, it's early in the year. That's why I struggle. Honestly, the thing that kills me um, a lot of times is the qualifiers being so early in the season. The two years that I made it through sectionals, or locals rather, for the U.S. Open was one year I was down in Florida for the wintertime and came up and made it through. And then the other year I was in North Carolina for the whole year. You know, the the weather this time of year is tough. You know, it's Oh, crazy. absolutely. In the golf courses are tough. You know, you saw the kid shoot 62, set his personal best, shoot the course record, and then disqualify himself because he was fixing punch holes on the greens. I mean, why are we using golf courses that that are punching greens for the U.S. Open qualifiers? Yeah, it's cra- it's I mean, crazy, man. It, it's one of those things you have to do it, and it's a two-week, two-and-a-half-week problem. You know, this time of year, it turns into more like three and a half, four weeks. But plan that, you know, when you're talking to the USGA about hosting a a local qualifier, like wait a week. You know, you, you look at the schedule 
they go all the way until the U.S. Open. I mean, it's it's literally they have plenty of time to do it. There's no need to do it the first week of May. Mix it in, you know. I the weather was decent this year. I know um, the scores were good at LeBaron Hills. Um, the girl actually played great, Molly Smith. Um, she missed by one shot 71 or 70 she was under par i know she missed the cut by one but it, it was pretty cool to see you know that i think she's in high school i want to see she's a senior and she'll be heading to college next year it'll be interesting to see where she goes and what she does and watch her going forward um what other tournaments do you play or is it mostly just kind of this time of year? i know you for those of you that don't know sean owns inside the cage batting cages um and Gotcha. Hey, I um. So I'm gonna ask you one more time. Like, what do you got going? Where, where, what's going on with inside the park? Things like that. Um, I know this time of year gets a little crazy for you. So, how much golf do you get to play? What's your schedule look like at inside the park? And do you have anything coming up that you want to plug for those guys or anything like that? Um, I mean. My schedule right now is pretty tough just because we're in the swing of things with, with the baseball season. Um, you know, my son started playing baseball. So my, <laughs> the, <laughs> the hours that I have uh, available, you know, for golf are pretty slim and none right now. Um, but I, I usually try and play, you know, three or four tournaments a year, um, usually towards the end of the year in the fall. I prefer the fall golf, you know, that's when, um, that's when most of the scratch tournaments are. Um, I've kind of, you know, got away from playing in net tournaments. It's, it's, for me, I want to go out and enjoy myself. You know, I'd rather get smacked by 20 shots by, you know, two better golfers and them making birdies than losing by 20 to somebody that has no business being on the same golf course as me. Um, so I I wouldn't go that, I I, see, I don't go as far as you do. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I don't go as far as you do to the point of not, not belonging on the same golf course as you, you know, I don't mind playing with higher handicaps. I don't care. Um, even in tournament golf, I just kind of do my own thing. It's when it's when the superintendent and the tournament committees purposely try to, I try not to use the F word, but on this show um but try to bleep good players you know um it's it it happens all the time i don't want good players winning our tournament why handicaps are supposed to equal the playing field and the best players should should should, the cream of the crop should come rise to the top they they should win at least 50 percent of the time and and it's and it's it's, and it's basically they win three percent of the time so it it gets never, it gets aggravated. Never, you got yeah. yeah, exactly. You got four or five you know guys. I mean? I mean, one of the guys at my one of the guys at my former club. I mean, the president at my former club sent them laughable letter last year and made us start turning in scorecards to the pro shop, and we couldn't do it on our own and use the app. It's four guys, call them by name. You know, the one guy that's no longer there. He left. He's at LeBaron Hills now. Good luck, LeBaron. Um, he won eight grand two years ago in pro shop credit. Like, are you kidding me? That tells me he won everything. Yep. You know, I thought I had a pretty good year. I won 
you know, like a grand. We've cashed a couple gross prizes, you know, did some hit the green stuff. And I, I had like a G. I'm like, wow, I had a good year. And then the, just the assistant's laughing is like, you should see him in here selling it. Like he sells it for cash. You know, they, they're yep. scumbags. That's cheating. Like I, I have no problem. And, and the worst part is a lot of them, a lot of the times are the nicest guys in the world. You know, so everybody's afraid to offend them. Listen, I, I I don't care. You know, um, some of the biggest criminals in the world and the nicest guys in the world doesn't mean they don't go to jail <laughs> when they get caught. You, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, but I know, I, like, I interrupted you because I know you get on a rant and I know you get going in the comments you made about don't belong on the golf course with you. That's, again, it's a frustration comment more than an actual a feeling. You know, but yeah, I yeah, make sure absolutely. That on, our, on on this podcast knows, you know, I don't feel that way. I really don't, and I'm actually Scott will bust my balls because I'm sitting here laughing in my iPad. I mean, it was definitely, definitely, definitely a bad cho- bad choice of words. Um, yeah, without all without a doubt, it happens. Yeah, yeah, and that, and and but again, the conversation needs to happen, and the conversation needs to be honest. You know, that's the biggest problem is the conversation a lot of times is so pussyfooted and afraid to hurt anybody, you know, that they don't say what they want to say. I know you've been in it. You're in some group chats with me and stuff like that. And I'm getting to the point now where I'm starting to feel like, you know, um, people know me and they know that I lose my shit and they think that they're going to poke the bear and I'm just going to take it because they're my friends. And it's one of those things where I take enough, I take enough, I take enough. And then I say what's on my mind. And a lot of times they'll be like, oh, that's disrespectful. Well, the 26 things that you said to me leading up to me being disrespectful, I found disrespectful. You know, like it's so, again, I don't want to get on a rant about that, but I'm talking about handicaps. It needs to be said, you know, stop being the nice guy. You know, I'm not going to call anybody out on name because this podcast is way bigger than the 10 mile radius that we're talking about. But in real life, I mean, if you guys aren't calling each other out by name, nothing's going to get done. You know, memberships have to police themselves. You know, if the membership doesn't police themselves, you put the employees and the management in a bad position. You know, nobody wants to be the golf pro that has to go out and tell Mrs. Having Camp that she has to leave the golf course. You know, but if she's doing something she's not supposed to do, somebody needs to say something, you know, um, recently a member got too drunk, drove his car through the sixth hole, through a bunker down the sixth, sixth fairway to the, to the car path and out to Slocum road. That member was in pictures at the <laughs> Kentucky Derby party. So, I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? He's the nicest guy in the world. He is, he made a mistake. But you have to be punished. Like, you can't not. Yep. It's it's crazy. You know, um, last season, some outside guys brought some outside booze in and didn't get punished because they are friends with the president. So that's what's going on at a lot of clubs. You know, it's not just mine. I know I rant about mine because it's it's recent and it's, you know, the topic that, that kind of hits home for me because I've, I left a month ago. Everybody kind of thinks I left two years ago. My membership ended March 31st, so it's still fresh in my mind, you know. But, again, it goes back to what you were saying, not belonging on the golf course with you. It's a bad choice of words, and you admitted that. But what I want to say is there's a time and a place for everything. You know, 
the four ball, the seven day four ball at my former club is an amazing event. Run it like an amazing event, right? Don't have 12, 20 handicappers getting 18 shots. You know, they don't. They limit the shots that they can get. The max is 12. And if you choose to play the event, you choose to play the event. If you don't, you know, if you do play the event, I don't want to hear it about my handicap got cut to 12. You chose to play the event. Like, you know what you know what you're getting into. And, and too many clubs are going away from those rules. Um, and I know you, again, I, it's funny. I'm kind of going on a rant now because I'm kind of protecting you a little bit because I know once you get going, you, you, you go on rants about handicaps, and, and as you should. But my, my only comment to you is if you're going to do it, do it, call people by name. You know, it, it, it's. I mean, I, I, think, I think an e- easy way around it is, you know, <clears throat> just use the tournament scores as, as, as the handicaps. You know, that, that's when these guys are, they have no choice but to turn their real scores in. You know, and you know, I was I was joking. The only problem that not let you, I don't want to cut you off, is you guys are playing well. Now all of a sudden, I have instead of one. So, um, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you, Sean, but one of the things going with that, you know, using the tournament scores is, um. If a guy's hurt or not playing well, you know, you get you get screwed into making a decision. And I know it's a simple, all right, well, then we just don't do it to him. But then you get the rest of the field saying, well, why didn't you do it to me? You know what I mean? So it's tough. It's a tough situation. And handicaps are never going to be an easy situation. It's always going to be one of those things where you, um, you – you're always going to have somebody slip through the cracks, you know, but you just got to be diligent and you got to do your best to figure it out. You know, you know, the, the major events where guys have people coming in from across the country, call, call the club. Most of the golf pros will be open and say, yeah, I wouldn't put them off at that. I put them off at, you know, say he comes in at a five. Most golf pros will be like, Hey, you know, you might want to cut him to three or four, you know, most golf pros are open about it. The worst part is, is it's, it's not people, you know, traveling from across the country. It's the local people that everybody plays with and everybody knows. Right. It, it's yeah. in our, in our under- situation. You're right. Yeah. yeah. You know, in I don't understand why people are, are so afraid, you know, to like, like you said, police it yourself, like have pride in, in what we're trying to do here. Like the handicap system was put in place to make it a level playing field for everybody not to punish the five and under handicap. And that's basically right. what it what it's come to, you know? And I did use a very bad choice of words saying that, you know, not belonging on the golf course, but that's not, you know, it, it's it's not that they don't belong. It's that when I know that they have a handicap that it is false, right. you know? And, and it gets frustrating, you know? Um, oh, wow, man. I can't. It's a donation. Yeah. Yep. It's a, you know, it's, we, you play the event. And I mean, I, again, these are expensive. I mean, but the, I mean, the four ball at my club is expensive. You know, it's a week long tournament and you're donating. Yeah. I mean, it, every tournament is expensive now, you know, it's like, it, yeah. you know, the, the four rounds of golf and the carts and then the, the, the auctions and everything Ooh, else, yeah, the skins and, yeah, you know, yeah. Everything adds up, 
you know? And yeah. it's like, it at least make it so if I play really well, I have a chance of winning. And I don't even feel exactly. like that's the case. Like, I'd have to go out and shoot 63 four days in a row at reservation to have a chance yeah. to win. To like, that's silliness. Yeah, exactly. I didn't say to and, win. And it, I said to have a chance. Have a chance to win. No, I know. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's, the fr- and that's the frustration that the superintendent doesn't get. You know, when he starts putting these pins in ridiculous spots, one, you can't get Adam to make birdies. You know, the skins, you look at the skins wall, it was non-existent. It was all net skins, which sucked. And yep. then two, um, it turns into a six-hour round. You know, I mean, they didn't have enough teams to do that this year. But when you get 65 or even 48 teams, and he puts those pins in dumb spots and gets the pins, the greens rolling 13, um, it's just stupid. It's not It's not golf, and, and it, it sucks. Um, I've seen it at some other places, but most places, you know, either the superintendent or the golf pro, is being very cautious about that. You know, it happened once at Hyannisport. They had the Seagulls in the wind flipped and 18 turned into the wind. It usually plays downwind and they had to pin in a spot that you just couldn't keep the ball in the green. And, and it was frustrating. Fortunately for us, it rained in the afternoon. So it slowed them down a little bit, but, um, but yeah, it's crazy and it's frustrating and, it, and it's, you want to play and you want to have fun, but at the same time, it's just not fun. I mean, then, you know, my partner this year was struggling. He was in a bad mood. He was mother effing me and everything around him the entire four days. And finally, the final four days, you know, it just kind of boiled over. And he just kind of said something. I'm like, let's just get through the six, next six holes. And he threw a temper tantrum and stormed off. But it all had to do with golf. You know what I mean? It, it's one of those things where it's like, you're grinding for four straight days. It's six hours long. You know, then you put alcohol and money in the mix. The last thing we need is the golf course being set up like it's the U.S. Open. You know, yeah, I mean, it, you... it, it's just the, the biggest thing is, is like you're, you're spot on with, with, you know, the pin placements. What what people don't understand is, is that it's much easier to make a 4-3 than a bird than a natural birdie um and 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 it's with that course being so short it like i don't want to hear that you know oh it's a number you know five handicap hole or whatever it is i could literally hit a sand wedge sand wedge sand wedge sand wedge and i'm on the green like it's not like you can't use that you know so I'd almost rather it be you throw every single pin in the middle and see who can make the most birdies. Because yeah, then yeah, I, yeah. I, I I feel like I have a chance. Right. And then you see you see tournaments um on the PGA tour. Sunday is usually a a fairly benign setup. You know, they want guys making birdies. They, I'm not going as far as say the middle of the green, but when you got a place like Resi where the greens are, you know, ten by ten square and rolling 13 and you put the pin on a on a knoll where i'm smart enough as a golfer you're smart enough as a golfer that a two-putt par is a lot better than trying to make birdie running at six feet by and missing it coming back so not only can you not be not only can you not be aggressive with your wedges but you can't be aggressive with the putts so again and now you got guys that are being aggressive with the putts playing ping pong and hockey 
and grinding over three, four, five footers all day because that's what they have coming back before net three. The guys that make them are the guys that score well. The guys that don't make them are the guys that make a six-hour round. And it's just it's frustrating. Um, And then you got the laughable pin sheets that some of these clubs do. You know, um, my former club, it's a seven-day member guest. It's expensive, um, huge money in the auction. Every detail matters. And then they let the superintendent put a Tom and Jerry pin sheet out, you know. with those greens, with the ridges on 12 in the middle of the green, you know, where if you're, if the pin's eight paces on and you're nine paces on, you're in trouble. You know, it's one of those where, you know, you're playing a big event, like take yourself serious. It, it, it's in the program that the parent, the pairings program makes pin sheets, you know, nine on four off the left, you know, don't tuck it, you know, under a knoll and then have us try to figure it out when we get to the green. You know, you hit a great shot in there four or five feet and you're above the hole and now you got no chance. And not only do you not have a chance, but you hit a perfect putt, you lip out and have 30 feet coming back up the hill. <laughs> it's just dumb. You know, it's one of those things that you're starting to see a lot of these old golf courses, especially the old Donald Rosses and things like that. Um they have to renovate you know these greens were designed to roll seven and eight on the stint meter and now that they're you know 12 and 13 on a regular basis a lot of these greens have come obsolete you know and and then you get guys like the superintendent at my former club using a different mower on certain greens and it's even worse now you got a three footer um three foot bender on seven for par on a green that's rolling three feet slower than everything else. So now you have to read the break. You have to read the green. You have to read the slope. Just listen, the green's severe. Just cut it the same, make them all the same speed, and then put the pin in some smart spots. Like, it's just crazy. It's it's uh, it's baffling. And I know I went on a rant earlier about setup and tournament golf and things like that, but it's one of those things that I took pride in as a golf pro and it sucks that you're starting to see a lot of golf pros not have the time or the desire to do it. You know, um, I know you're a big, uh, fan of playing golf the way it's supposed to be played, but lift clean in place is a lot easier to deal with than soft, slow greens. You know, try out the green, speed them, speed them up, and then figure out the rest. You know, the fairways, the bunkers, it's it's comedy show what's going on now. Um, The worst thing that happened for golf was COVID. People stopped breaking bunkers. They stopped fixing ball marks. They stopped, you know, it just, it, it was lazy. And a lot of these golfers that are now coming in that are quote unquote COVID golfers, we want them. It's great. You know, it's great for the business. It's great for my life. That's for sure. But at the same time, I think it's been a poor job of clubs getting them up to speed, you know, fix ball marks, fix, you know, rake your bunkers better than when you got it. And, you know, when I get in there, when I get in a bunker, if my footprints are there and there's somebody that didn't fix the ones next to them, I rake both of them, you know, it's absolutely because tomorrow, because tomorrow I may end up in that same bunker and it's to the point now where budgets and, and employees and help is, that's another thing that's been cut is, you know, the, the maintenance of bunkers and the and just the everyday maintaining golf courses. Now, there's ways to do it, and there's things to cut corners. Um, 
Hole locations aren't one of them. I'm sorry. That's day one public golf stuff. You know, I don't want to play the, the, the same golf course Friday, Saturday, Sunday and play the same pins. A, it's no fun. B, by the time you get to Sunday, the, the hole locations are just trash. You know, there's no putt that's going to lip in. It's all going to lip out. Um, it's just, it, it, it's day one stuff. And these, these guys that are construction guys or car salesmen or, or restaurant tour that think they know everything and it's cost, 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 but it's not cost. It's embarrassing. You know, it, it's, if it was cost, it wouldn't be that big a deal. It's not, it's lazy and it's embarrassing. So again, I know I'm going on a little rant. You're sitting here smiling because I know you agree, but you might not want to get next to it and get involved because you got a business to think about. That's the other thing too. You know, I, I've had a couple of golf pros reach out and been like, I love what you're doing, but I can't get involved. It just, it, it's too toxic for my business. Well, then you're not being real. And that's a problem in the golf industry too. That's the other one too. There's got too many golf pros smiling 365 days a year, 27, 24, seven. And, it you're not happy. I know you're not, you know, you have the conversations behind the scene with me and you go on and on about how unhappy you are, but then you put on that fake smile and it's tough. I went through it. I it, I crashed. I couldn't do it anymore. You know, it, it got to the point where it was ruining my personal life being fake, happy and, and friendly all the time. And I, even then I still, people said I was abrasive, but I, I did my best to smile. And when you were in my bay, I gave you, my 100% attention when I got home, it just kind of started getting to the point where it started wearing on me and I couldn't do it anymore. So, um, I, it's fine. Like I said, I'm getting my swag back. I'm, I'm starting to feel like myself again. I don't give a bleep if I piss some people off, you know, whatever, you know, it, it needs to be said. It's to the point now where too many good golf courses and it starts in this area. I mean, with, with that, with that said, Johnny, um, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they, they were asking me, you know, what, what's the most important part uh, of a golf course, you know? And I said, honestly, it's the greens for me and it's not even close. You know, I said, one of the best, one, one of the best courses I played last year was in the Taunton four ball. It was Parker. It's a public nine hole golf course. The greens were immaculate. Guess what? It made the course sick. And it's not a difficult yeah. course. It's nothing crazy. Their budget is probably $500, and I'm not joking. Like, they have zero money, and they make it right. awesome. Every year, the greens are right. sick. That's all clubs have to worry about. That's it, man. If you make the greens so, the most important part, everything else falls into place. So, again, I, I can't, hate to keep harping on my former club, but – you never hear anybody walk off the golf course saying, wow, that pizza was great. You know, we're, we're spending money on pizza ovens and tents and all these things, but, you know, we're not who we are to begin with. Let's be who we are. Let's get the golf course right. And then we figure everything else out, right? Nobody played a member guest and talked, leaves talking about the chicken salad sandwich that they had for lunch. No. You know, they, they talk about the, the greens. You know, the greens are great. You know, one member guest who played – what what they don't understand is how watering affects golf and how it affects the golf course and how it affects what you do on the golf course. You know, um, a couple of years ago, Julian and Larry were the pros and um, 
brought a group to a member guest. We started on the second hole. And by the time we got to six, Julian was going across the street in a cart. And I was like, dude, golf course is awesome right now. It was firm. It was fast. It was 70 degrees. It was overcast. There was no reason to water. They went out and started watering mid-tournament. Can you imagine that? Mid-tournament started watering. Um, and by the time we got to the 13th hole, it had caught up to us. It was in front of us now. And the golf course was completely different. Um, mid-tournament, mid-round, you now all of a sudden have to make an adjustment because he decided I'm going to water today. Like, you can go a day without watering. You're not going to lose the greens on 70-degree weather with no sun and no wilt in the middle of a tournament. And it's just crazy to me. You go to all these other clubs and – you, you, they put up a post for a member guest and you get 30 teams with a waiting list. You know, you go to our club and we have 12 teams because they a overcharge B put out a, a terrible product and C the golf course isn't to the point where members are proud of it and want to bring guests. I've never seen my president or vice president bring guests. You know, the only guests that our president brought was the guys from his former club that came up from Florida and, I'd love to see the numbers. Did they pay or were they recips? You know, he tied up the golf course Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the middle of September when it was 70 degrees for his boys. You know, thank God it was during Resi Day weekend and I was gone, so I didn't really care, but it was a shit show the Friday before. And, yes, the club needs the money, and I'm great. Yeah, awesome. Bring your guests. Bring your bring your buddies. But, I mean, did they pay? Where's the revenue from it? You know, what what's – I know they went to dinner at other other places. They didn't have dinner at CCMB. Where's the revenue? You know, you talk about members slamming trunks and not spending money. I don't see you playing member guests. I don't see you playing tournament. You know, I see you playing the barbecue with three members, not guests. So it's it's one of those things where you can talk about leadership and you can talk about expenses and you can talk about budgets all you want. But if you don't have a realistic budget and you're not following it, why bother? You know, the superintendent comes in under budget and gets a bonus every year. So it, it, it makes no sense to me at all. You give the guy a budget, use the budget. It's that's what we expect. You know, that's what the members expect. When you when you put out a budget that says we have seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the budget for the superintendent, we expect a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar golf course. And when you tell him no, we can't spend that money, we don't have that money, you can't do overtime, you can't do this, that, and the other thing, and he starts nickel and diamond shit people leave so all right unfortunately bernie didn't show up been at it for 55 minutes um as soon as we get off i'll give him a call and make sure everything's okay um like i said i spoke with him at 10 10 and he said can we do 10 45 so i don't know what happened um hopefully we can get him on again in the future anything you want to say anything you want to plug before you go and you know before we close it wrap it up uh no nah, man i uh, just wanted to thank you for having me on uh pretty cool you know you're doing a great job i enjoy watching uh all the episodes um it's good for people to hear um you know a different side of of the golf business and you know what the better players ex ex expect from clubs um i just think the biggest thing is you know making sure that the greens are, are the, the best aspect of your club. And like, for me, I 
like early on, I said, you know, fall golf is my favorite. And it, a lot of it has to do with the weather. Number one. And number two is, is how the, how the golf course plays, you know, firm, fast. And, and, you know, it, it, it's challenging, but it's, that's what it's all about, you know, because you get up to, you know, the green and you get behind a putt and, you know, you line it up and you're like, man, if I start this online, it's going in the hoop. And, and that's what you want. And, and a lot of these courses, you know, just don't have that because they don't know what they're doing, you know, and it's it's the most important part of, of golf is the greens. Like I shouldn't be saying, you know, a public golf course that I can go play pay $35 for 18 holes was one of the best golf courses I played last year when I played every course in the area and spent hundreds of dollars at some of these courses. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, the DW is another one. I don't know. Have you played DW in Brockton? I have sick, you know, uh, uh, again, awesome, awesome greens. And it's one of those things that back in the eighties and nineties, it was terrible. Everybody you talk to about DW and you're like, what you play there. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, don't sleep on DW. Um, the whale is another one. Great greens. Unfortunately, the whale, they, they have the budget, um, and they keep them a little long and shaggy. Um, but Corey Brooks, another one that has great ones but they keep them a little long and shaggy because they're public and that's fine. I get it. That's public golf. And that's what public golf has to be. You know, if, if public golf loses their greens, they lose, they lose mm-hmm. their, you know, it, it's one of the things that I talked about. Um, and again, I touched base on it a little bit about Harmon, you know, and new Bedford and all these other clubs, Resi and all these clubs where you start, you go in the golf shop and you try to buy something and they're like, yeah, we can't really order anything right now because they're on credit hold because it's that time of year where the members buy stuff in May. They don't pay their bill until June. The golf pro doesn't get paid until July. You know what I mean? So it goes down that road. Um, but what a lot of these people that, that run other businesses don't understand is when we go on credit hold, it shuts business down. Like, there's nowhere else to get Titleist. If Titleist puts you on credit hold, you're done. So same yep. thing with the greens. You know, at, at a public golf course, if they lose the greens, they're done. You know, our form, our president has a public golf course. It's a par three, and they've had some issues the last few years with their greens. Um, it, it is what it is. It's it's. is. You're not going to tell me that his budget isn't down there. Um punching is huge you know if you don't airify greens it, it you get thatch layer and water just sits at the surface it's just you know punching greens causes sand to get in the soil and it causes space for water to drain if you don't punch the greens don't drain you know my former club they do a needle tine once or twice a year which you know good clubs do once a month um and you see the results when he does it, you know, for a couple of weeks, because it's not full on punching in the right way, it doesn't last. But for the two weeks after it, it's amazing. So you go to my club in September or my former club in September or October, after he does his needle time in September, it's great. And the, the golf course is awesome in the fall. And that's what's so frustrating because he can do it. He has the ability. He chooses not to. Hundred um, percent, Johnny. Fine. You know, he says he can't find staff. Well, I've never in six years seen a high school kid on his staff. You go everywhere else and you go, you got kids that you got superintendents poaching kids from the bag room. 
saying, hey, come out and work on the, the grounds. Let's mow some greens or something like that. You know, he doesn't do that. He just sits there and sulks and says, I can't find help. Well, you can't find help because you're looking in the wrong places. And then now, after six years, it's starting to show. You know, it, it, it's one of those where it's he loses parts of the greens every year because of overwatering and overmowing and overrolling. You know, they spent all this money to bring in the bring in Brad Klein, and he came out with this great report and said, mow less, roll more, water less, so the grass doesn't grow as much. Yeah, we don't have the money to do any of that. It, it's just it, – no, but you have money to spend 16 grand on pizza, pizza ovens and 50 grand on tents and 40 grand on, on canopies for the, the patio. And, yes, these are things that other members pay for, and these are the things that, that other members want, but – Listen, there's plenty of members that would shell out 100 or 200 bucks here or there to add to the Greens budget and say, hey, we'll pay for the punching. You know, it just it's it's frustrating. And I got tired of paying 15. He said, play public golf. So um, and like I said, you never see anybody walking off a member guest saying, wow, that chicken salad was great. You know, the golf course in your day. your day is determined by the greens, you know, and I wish I could say it differently and say my day is determined by the company, but at a member guest, you know, the company you're getting into, you're already playing with your buddies. You're already having a good time. You just don't want anything from the outside to jump in and ruin it. Right. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, we've been at it for, we've been at it for an hour. I got, I got um, a week to edit this. This is going to come out next Friday. Hopefully in the um, the next few days, I can link up with Bernie. And maybe even if we don't have the interview to share with you, I can add it to the end a little bit of his life story. So um, we've got five days to get him on. And who knows? I know you're free during the mornings. If he says, hey, I can do Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll give you a call and we'll try to get that worked out. But we will. Yeah, absolutely. Man. And, and, and we'll have it on. I know he has a. um a fantasy camp and, and he found God and, and all these things. And it's a great story. And I, I definitely will reach out to him again. I want, I want to get him on to tell that story. So, so as long as you don't have anything else to add, we'll, uh, we'll call it a day and we'll end it. And hopefully, like I said, um, hopefully we'll get in touch with Bernie and, and he'll come on. It's kind of weird. Like I said, it's, I've been texting back and forth with him and his wife all morning. So for him not to show up, he must have just got busy at the field. Or, you know, something must have come up. I know he's got um, that fantasy camp. It might even be this week. He sent his his the guy that runs it for him sent me an email. And a lot of the dates had already passed. And then he had some more coming in June. But it, he might be busy this week. He might have some stuff going on. So we'll try to get him on. But Sean, I appreciate you coming on, and best of luck with your upcoming season. Um, and all, as always, best of luck with Inside the Park. Every time I go there, the place is packed. Um, what you do for the kids in town and everything is, is great, and um, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on, and we look forward to doing it again. Thanks, Johnny. I appreciate you having me, buddy. All right, everybody, episode 12. Um, I'm assuming next – not – this will be Friday, next Friday. I'm assuming the Friday after I'm going to do the ladies' night show. Um, I've got Vansa Arts, Carpools and Country Clubs, um, Smoke Shows Golf out of Boston Building Company, and a girl that I might not use her for this episode, and if I do, 
I still want to get her on alone. She was an assistant pro uh, at the country club. I fit her. Um, and she now has a pant company, which my ex-girlfriend loved the joggers that she makes. So uh, we're definitely going to have her on, whether I include her with that show or not. I haven't decided yet. So some exciting things coming up. Uh, Patriots schedule just went out. Liam Friedman. We'll see you October 22nd at the Bills game. We're going to record from the 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 parking lot and i'm assuming um i think the nfl kind of screwed the patriots i think the patriots had week two prime time against the dolphins lined up for the tom brady night and the doll the 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 league put them at home week one against the eagles i think they expected to be on the road um so we'll definitely do something from tom brady night at at the the tailgate um Looking forward to it. Looking forward to playing some golf. I can't wait. I'm starting to get healthy. I might even go hit some balls today. We'll see what happens. Um, but until next time, everybody, I can't wait. Thank you so much for the support. Um, you know, I put the the angry golfer up. I mean, the angry Marine episode up last night and it already has, you know, 50, 50 views. Um, my rant from Monday already has well over a hundred views and that's just on YouTube. You add in the, the Spotify and Apple numbers and we're up around 500 to a thousand every show. Hopefully we can keep growing. Uh, as I said, I got some giveaways. We got some range nights to start promoting. And when I get to 1500 followers on Instagram, I am giving away a Cobra Aerojet driver. And if the person that wins it is lucky enough to be close enough to me, I will meet you at a driving range and fit it for you. So um, some awesome things coming. Stay tuned again. Thank you everybody for the support. Like I said, um, this isn't a career for me. This is a hobby and it's therapy. And every time I rant, it just feels so much better to get it off my chest. I think too many of us too often bite our tongues and take it. So, all right, guys, until next time, signing off. Let's go.